You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. How's it going, Chiefs Kingdom? And welcome to episode 29. 29! 29! Of the Great British Chiefs Show with your boys from the kingdom. Representing the kingdom, myself, Brad Simcox, and the Arrow Headlines editor, Tom Childs. This week, Tom and I will be reveling in the Chiefs' steamrolling victory in Vegas. We'll take a look at this week's Arrowhead Pride power rankings before looking ahead to the Chiefs' Week 11 opponents, the Dallas Cowboys. But first... I think I got my swagger back. Oh, oh, oh. I think the Chiefs got the swagger back. Oh, oh, oh. <laughs> that video is is everywhere now. It's brilliant. I love it. <laughs> I absolutely love it. Um, and we saw Kelsey doing it later on, didn't we? After the game, we did. We did. I, I admit, I've never seen that video before. I until, haven't seen it before <laughs> until Sunday, and now. I feel like it's going to become such a big part of Chiefs fandom. Like the Beastie Boys have become a big part of Chiefs fandom, especially when it comes to Travis Kelsey. Now that one particular video, whenever I hear the word swagger, I just know that I'm going to walk backwards and going to go, oh, 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 oh. How many of us are going to be doing that at one of these British, like UK watch meets or something? How yeah. many times are we going to be? We're going to be sick of it, aren't we? Yeah, Lord knows what other people are going to think of us. Lot. <laughs> but, um, you can tell automatically that the other fans are hating the Chiefs turning their fortunes around because oh, NFL.com posted a video, I think it all might have been Sports Center about um Kelsey doing that particular oh, oh, oh. <laughs> and the comments were incredible. Just like oh, salty fans just like yeah. hating the fact that the Chiefs are good again and just you know, just they obviously feel like we're cocky anyway. And we have every right to be given how well we've played in the last three years. And they were excited about the opportunity and the potential of the Chiefs being bad and they could revel in it. But it didn't last very long, did it? (laughs) Let's be honest. It it, it didn't. It didn't. And it it was funny. I mean, like you said, talking about like social media reaction to it, the hate has suddenly levelled up again, hasn't it? Like you said. But there was one tweet I saw from a Chargers fan. It was like, the Chiefs have basically sleptwalked the way through like half of the season already, and they're still the top of the AFC West and one of the best teams still in the AFC. How do they do it? You know? yeah. Well, it's even in our, like even in our group chat that we've talked about on this show before, the one our fantasy league, which has got a number of uh, British fans in it, but there happens to be three Chiefs fans in this particular group. It's the most well-supported team out the out the lot, and. To be fair, we've been pretty quiet the last month. Um, like we've we just sat back, taking the abuse that's rightly come our way. But then after Sunday, we were like, "Oh, boys, did you enjoy your quiet month?" Because we're back. The Chiefs have got their swagger back, and guess what? The Chiefs, the Chiefs Kingdom has got their swagger back. I just feel like yeah. this whole the whole community doesn't matter if you're a player, coach, part of the media, or a fan. 
everyone associated with the Chiefs found their mojo again. Like, yeah. in the words of Austin Powers, yeah, baby. <laughs> <laughs> You know, the amount of people have probably tuned in to listen to you saying, yeah, baby. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, baby, yeah. Yeah, it was. It, it, it really was. The mojo's back. And uh, you could you could tell that in the players' faces, especially like we said at the end, you know, obviously with Kelsey doing his, his uh, swagger back thing. Um, but the smiles on the faces, Chris Jones was jumping around the field, shouting his head off. I mean, the, the, the fact that the whole of Chiefs Kingdom was pretty much in Vegas <laughs> yeah. was, one of, was one of the key things. Um, I mean, it must really, really knock Raider fans everywhere, knowing yeah. that they've got this, this multi-billion pound stadium. And it's filled with cheese fans. Yeah, you've actually brought up a point already, which I was going to bring up later on, but we might as well talk about now. Yeah. Like the Chargers and the Raiders, they've got a problem. They have wow. got a big, big problem when it comes to trying to get a home field advantage because they both play in two cities now. One city being Vegas that everyone wants to travel to. So every year you're going to get cheese fans from all over there. There's always going to be lots of cheese fans. And the other is in California, where there's already quite a big Kansas City um, contingent there. So they're trying to create this home advantage with these brand new stadiums. And all it is, is just making it more like a Super Bowl, like more neutral. Like <laughs> that video going around of the, the anthem and at the end of it with the home of the and the Chiefs, it was yeah. deafening. Like it that was. must have been, like if you're like Mike Davis or Mark Davis sitting there watching that, and all you can hear is Chiefs fans. That's not his dream. Yes, I'm sure his bank balance is absolutely fine, and he can be he can get over it when he goes and looks at his bank balance and think, "Oh, I'm billions of dollars richer than I was since we moved to Vegas." I'm sure he's okay with that. But if he wants a winning team and to create a winning atmosphere yeah. for his team, then he's probably moved to the worst possible city for it. Because I was actually looking at old pictures on Monday before I wanted to bring this up um, about about the Coliseum and yeah. Raiders versus Chiefs games. And I was looking to see how many red jerseys I could actually see in the crowds of those games. And there were some Chiefs fans in there. There were. But you're talking, what, 5% of the stadium, maybe. Yeah. So one in 20 was a Chiefs fan. That is a home advantage in the NFL. But now in Vegas, what, it's 40, 60, 50, yeah. 50, maybe? That's not a home advantage. If anything, that's only going to get the Chiefs even more up for it. But just to look, knowing that Chiefs Kingdom's turned out, and then they're going to turn up and stuff like it's a nightmare situation for the Raiders going forward. It really is. It's it's a visitors' paradise, really, isn't it? As Vegas yeah. and like, and you know, I've said it in the in the group chats that we've had. I'd love to go to a Chiefs Raiders game in Vegas. And yeah. we've, we've all said it. You know that. I mean, the stadium's phenomenal. Credit where credit's due. Mm -hmm. The, the stadium is phenomenal. And no doubt there's a lot of Chiefs fans dancing with the DJ. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> That's what they brought the DJ in for, for the away fans. That's what it is. Um, but, um, I mean, there was a lot of things going around as well about um, the, the, the curse, as mm. everybody's putting it. You know, the, the, uh, the guy who was building, helping build the, uh, the stadium had a Chiefs flag and he put it in the dirt underneath, right, right under the, the centre of the field. Yeah. And... People are now calling it the curse that, you know, I mean, Chiefs are 0-2 in that stadium now. Yeah, um, very true. Do you believe in curses? Do you believe in curses? Not really. No. Not really. I, I, I believe in Patrick Mahomes more than I believe in, believe in curses. He is, like, a curse. 
he's a curse on the NFL. That's what he is. Yeah. <laughs> no, but it was um, it was a very early morning game as well, uh, which was oh man, what one twenty in the morning? I think wasn't it kickoff mm-hmm. that we had over here? Yeah. Um, it's going to be difficult for you soon, mate. It's going to be yes. very difficult for you yes, soon, it is. or it might be convenient, maybe. Uh, well, yeah, it might be actually. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes, if no, if if you, you're new to the show, Tom. Is expecting a baby. Well, not Tom himself, but his uh, his good lady is expecting a baby uh, very soon. When is it? When when when's the baby? Do this Saturday. So wow. um, we might not even make the end of this podcast. Like at any wow. point, I might have to go, and I'll just go upstairs. And say, can you keep your legs crossed? I need to finish the podcast first. <laughs> <laughs> Can he wait? Yeah, so no, he's due, <laughs> he, he's due this Saturday. Um, wow. Maybe number three. Any names? Maybe number three for me, so crazy. Eh? Number three. Have you, got, have you got any names prepared? Are you, are you not allowed to tell me yet? We have a name. We do have a, we name. Have a name. We're not telling anyone the name. Patrick. <laughs> do you know what? My family and friends are convinced that this baby's going to be called Patrick. <laughs> they are convinced. He's not going to be called Patrick? What do you mean? <laughs> <laughs> they really are. And I was like, well, it was going to be called Patrick, but then he went on an offensive slump, so we've decided against it. You know? <laughs> decided against it. <laughs> no. <laughs> no, I can assure you that there are no Chiefs-related names. Um Oh, because you, you could have had us going at least, mate. You could have you said you could have said, yeah, one of the Chiefs players on the roster has the baby's name. Yeah, I'm going to call it Creed. 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 <laughs> Creed. There you go, straight away. Creed. No, actually, like because like, Travis is not uh, a British name in any way, shape, or form. It's a very American name, and my my eldest has a um, has a friend in his class, and my my eldest is only four. And he's got a friend in his class called Travis. And I just, I, I love it. I love it. I'm not going to. So when Henry eventually grows up and starts watching Travis Kelsey, he can say to his friends, oh, you're, you've got the same name as my favourite player. But anyways, you, you know, <laughs> I digress. So you're not giving any any hints or anything like that. We've got to, just got to guess it. Okay. I'll give you, I'll give you a clue. I will Ooh. give you a clue. Ooh. So the baby's name is shared by an NFL quarterback. There we go. <gasps> that, that's all I'm going to say. And it's oh. not going to be Peyton. <laughs> <laughs> no Peytons or anything, no Eli or anything like that. No. Right. Uh, okay. All right. Well, and you know, if anybody has any ideas of what Tom's uh, son is, newborn son is going to be called, um, obviously get onto the Arrowhead Pride Twitter page and, and put your names in. Yeah, put your names nice. and guess the names. I mean, there's, there's not many quarterbacks out there that. Uh, well, you could argue that there's basically ninety quarterbacks, so you've got ninety names to go through. So uh, that that could be a really long thread. Yeah, <laughs> well, I've already, <laughs> I've, I've, al- I've already ruled out Patrick. There we go. So. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, let's get on to the game then, and hopefully, um, you know, your your better half doesn't interrupt this point this show <laughs> moving forward so let's get cracking with it um all right so yeah obviously um we started the show obviously talking about the chiefs um destroying the raiders and we obviously want to be proud of the fact that the chiefs have gone literally from bottom of the afc west straight to the top of the afc west and 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 are now kind of in control of it yes we've got the bye week coming up but it's looking better than it was before um we will get into the key points of the game, but I just wanted to bring up the fact that um, this white-on-white uniform thing seems to be working quite well, doesn't it? 
But we can't spend ages on this because for anyone that's listened to the AP Editor Show, you've already heard Pete's takes on this. Put it this way. I agree unequivocally with Pete. Like he is spot on with this. The white on white with Red Sox is the best uni combo that the Chiefs have. And the Chiefs tend to play well in it. It's not cursed like the red on red. Like that I don't say As soon as the Chiefs play, play red on red, I know that they're going to lose. Patrick Mahomes or no Patrick Mahomes, I know red on red equals a loss or a bad performance. White on white with red socks just equals a smooth, clean performance. Like I knew as soon as it got announced on Sunday evening that it was going to be white on white. I was like... My money's on the Chiefs. I know they're going to win. This is a white way. I, I would have changed my prediction to a beatdown, to a blowout, if I had time to, knowing that there was going to be white on white. Comfortable. By far and away the best look. Do what Pete says. Adopt it as your main road uniform going forward and just wear it whenever we can because it looks incredible and the Chiefs play incredible in it. Mate, you can't say at one stage of this podcast that you don't believe in curses and then say the red on red is cursed. Well, I can. And I do. No, you can't. <laughs> <laughs> no, you can't. I'm, I'm vetoing that completely. No, red on no, red. Listen here, Brad. Always red on red for me. L- listen here. I can say what I want. <laughs> That's the beauty of this platform. Okay. And if I say that curses don't exist when it comes to stadiums, I mean it. But if curses do exist when it comes to uniforms, especially that ghastly red on red, then that's okay too. Okay? No, you, you'd make a real good editor, you. <laughs> a really good Chief politician. <laughs> I, I I love the red on red, but um, I do like the white on white. I do. I must admit, I do like it. But um, I, I I could probably be swayed by the fact that having that white on white as the 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 go to away uniform i think that would be good but let's not get bogged down on that shall we not because <laughs> <laughs> we never we never agree on this right so uh key points from the game i've jotted a few down and i, I know tom's obviously jotted a few down as well first off the offense let's talk about the offense straight away because this offense has been stuttering over the last few weeks um and it as like we said at the beginning of the show it's finally found its mojo um is there anything in this offense that you looked at this time and you thought there was some difference in this or there was some kind of scheme? Did, 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 did the Chiefs scheme differently for this, do you think? I just think they executed better executed, than, yeah. than, than before. Mahomes himself looked a lot more comfortable. The happy feet weren't there. Kelsey was getting a lot of separation. Um, Tyreek Hill was getting his as he always does. It just, I think overall, they just looked like a confident unit. And we mentioned last week that that last play against the Packers, we were hoping that it was going to have like a knock-on effect that would breed confidence going into the Raiders game. And I think it was probably the way it played out. Like against the Packers, they had some decent looks, but it was execution that let them down. Like the Packers fans and the Packers team want to pat themselves on the back for how they held Mahomes to 13 points. But realistically, the Chiefs were the reason why they only scored 13 points. The Chiefs probably and most likely should have had at least 24 to 27 points against the Packers, but they kept letting themselves down. They didn't make these mistakes against the Raiders. They mm-hmm. they executed from the off. The first drive of K wasn't the greatest of drives, but after that, they were very, very good for the rest of the game. And 
I just feel like they found their feet against an opponent that they knew particularly well, against a defensive coordinator that they knew particularly well, and everything just broke right for them. Will they play this well every single week? Probably not, because they were outstanding on Sunday. But all roads are leading towards them being a better offensive team. And I think the main the main reason for that is they are clearly more confident this week and now than they were a couple of weeks ago. Mm. Um there's a lot being said, obviously, about Mahomes and the fact that he wasn't checking down as much or um, over the last few weeks. And it does look as though he has been um, addressing that, mm-hmm. let's say. He has used that a few times in, in this last game. Clearly, he was, you know, he was using uh, the running back as well in, uh, in his receiving core, mm-hmm. which was another good, uh, good indication that Mahomes is kind of, um, you know, getting used to different looks of defences and, and, and what have you. But, um, I mean, do you think he was checking down a lot more or did it just feel as though it just felt as though that, that Mahomes was using that short game a little bit better? Or uh, I think you have to say he was because like Damian Williams, not Damian, sorry, excuse me, Daryl Williams caught 11 passes and yeah. he led the team in receptions. Okay, obviously he had that one monster catch that we get to later on. But yeah. I, it, it certainly appeared to me that Mahomes was getting to his running backs in terms of reading early. Mm. One particular play that Ron pointed out on Twitter where Mahomes had Kelsey coming across the middle, wasn't there, straight away stepped up, found Daryl Williams, had a nice game. And we've sat here for months, if not best part of 18 months now, talking about Clyde Edwards-Hilaire getting involved in the pass game and how well he's going to do when he's eventually mm. back, back from his injury because of um, what he'd done when he was at LSU. Now you're looking at it thinking, well, if Daryl Williams can get 11 receptions, if Mahomes is willing to go and check down towards his running backs, if that's what the defence is going to give him, then what's Clyde Edwards-Alaire going to do when he yeah. comes back into the team? And all of a sudden, you've gone from an offence that is looking at Kelsey and Hill first, and rightly so, and then struggling to find other players. And then you've got now got an offence with Hill, Kelsey, and then a genuine receiving threat. Obviously not a Jamal Charles type receiving threat out the backfield, but still a credible one. One that the defence is going to have to notice. And I feel like the Chiefs in general just showed a lot more patience on Sunday. Yes, they were aggressive, but they also took exactly what the Raiders gave them every single time. There was a couple of plays where they forced it, but in general, it was like, if you're going to leave a running back open on in the flat, we're going to pass it to him and let him gain seven or eight yards. We're happy with that. Those small gains in the air are going to do their damage eventually, and eventually it's going to bring the def- defence up, and then you're going to see Tyreek Hill, you're going to see Byron Pringle having more success downfield. Don't you think that's what everybody's kind of been screaming out for, though? That we need this kind of receiving threat from the running backs. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah, definitely. And that's what we hoped Clyde Edwards-Hilaire would be when he yeah. first got drafted. But Andy Reid came out and said that Brian Westbrook, he made the Brian West- Westbrook comparison, didn't he? And Brian Westbrook yeah. was renowned for being this great dual threat running back that was excellent receiving out of the backfield. But not we really seen, we've not seen it with Edwards-Hilaire yet. Is that an Edwards-Hilaire problem? Is that a scheme problem? Is that a Patrick Mahomes problem? Probably, if we're being honest, it was a Patrick Mahomes problem because he uh, has been so aggressive. But there's just been a something switched in Mahomes' game in the last two or three weeks and thinking, actually, I can have just as much success by passing to the running backs as I can passing to my wide receivers. Yes, it might be a Tom Brady l- l- way of looking at things, but guess who else does that type of stuff? Aaron Rodgers. Guess who mm-hmm. used to do it? Drew Brees. All the greats always found their running backs. Peyton Manning used to do the exact same thing. Find yeah. your running backs bring the defence up and then attack them 
when they're then they're up in your face. Like it's, it's they Chiefs can nail this going forward. Then the offense has all the potential to be better than it ever has been. It did seem as though they mixed it up quite a bit in this game, didn't they? Where it was they were going short. Mahomes was, was still had the confidence to go long, and he said that, and obviously in a press conference beforehand, saying that he was still going to be doing. You know, he's still going to be you know shooting out as as much as he can. Yeah. Um. But. But mixing it up, I think was the was the definitely the key here because that that Raiders defense just just had no idea what was coming next. Yeah, um, and I think that was that was the key in this game. But um, let's talk about that Daryl Williams um, touchdown. Yeah, because it, he mossed Abrams, didn't he? <laughs> he did. He did. He absolutely mossed him. And I was thinking, who was that? I mean, when I didn't know who it was, it was it was further upfield when it happened. And and when he when he plucked the ball out the out the air and he rolled around and it was number thirty one, I was like, oh, God, that wasn't Williams, was it? I thought it was a, I thought it was like um uh, I thought it was Pringle or somebody like that. Yeah, yeah. Um, and when I found out it was Williams, I was like, God, what a fair play, mate. <laughs> yeah, tell, <laughs> tell, talk about taking your opportunity. First of all, before we get to Williams, I want to talk about the throw because I've seen Mahomes taking some slack for throwing a interception-worthy throw up there. But basically, <laughs> P- let's be P- honest, P- P- he P- couldn't P- run for the first down. At first, I thought he was going to be able to run for it. But then when you yeah. actually watch a replay, there's two defenders bearing down. He was never getting a first down. No. Sort of with his legs. So he made the right decision in throwing the ball up there. It was essentially an arm punt. If mm-hmm. Abrams comes down with an interception, Daryl Williams tackles him. It either goes for a touchback or he gets tackled at the one. It was an arm punt. But what Daryl Williams done, it's just turned that arm punt into a highlight, <laughs> into yeah. a highlight play, which obviously Mahomes is now going to get credit for. And <laughs> for him just to go up there and moss, and I mean properly moss, Jonathan Abram was just like incredible because I have such a low opinion of Jonathan Abram as a player. I just don't feel like he's very good. I feel like he is all mouth. And if he didn't have his mouth on him, he basically wouldn't be on the field. He's one of these like guys that relies on emotions and whatnot. And I I just don't see it. I just, I just think he's a bad player. And then you've got someone like Daryl Williams, who's not renowned as this receiving threat, especially this big play receiver that's going to go up and most yeah. people just to get in front of him and just pluck that ball away. It was wonderful. And it made <laughs> staying up till 4.30 in the morning well worth it just for that one play. Oh, definitely. Whenever really Jonathan good. Abrams says anything now about the Chiefs or anything going forward, just show him two plays. Show him the blown coverage against Kelsey last year in the, in the game <laughs> winner, and then show him the Daryl Williams. Like, just show him that. Like, it's phenomenal. We both know Raiders fans that think Jonathan Abram is is incredible, but yeah. he's not. <laughs> he's just not. Do you he's know what a it is? Bad, bad player. Do you know what it is about Abrams? It's it's his his game is. It's almost like a, a I don't know. It's like a fable that he's like a big hitter. And and that's what Raider fans like about him. He's a, yeah. he's he's a bit more of a, a goal getter. He, you know, he hits the hits the other players, but every time he hits the other player, he gets injured. <laughs> <laughs> so I don't know why they kind of lord it over him, like saying that he is like you know one of the one of the players you've got to watch out for because he either a gets injured, blows coverage, or gets mossed by a running back. He's like he's your ideal opponent, really, isn't he? <laughs> <laughs> Keep him. Give him a 10-year deal. I don't care. Keep him. <laughs> <laughs> um, the other thing we wanted to... While we're on, like, uh, interception-worthy uh, players and stuff, um, Dan Sorensen silenced his critics with an interception. He intercepted yeah. his own player. <laughs> <laughs> Do you reckon Thornhill's pissed off with him? Thornhill was getting that. Thornhill yeah. <laughs> was getting that. And Dan Sorensen thought, no, this is my moment. This is yeah. my moment. 
I, I reckon secretly that one Thornhill was really happy for Dan Sorensen because the Chiefs, the Chiefs players, we know that what they're like on social now. We know that they search yeah. their own names. They they see everything that's being said. They read everything that's being read, uh, written as well. They they know what people are saying about Dan Sorensen. So I reckon secretly, or maybe outwardly, they are all really happy with Dan Sorensen to get that interception. And I am too. I am too. We talked about it last week. Like I hate being up on the guy. He's played badly, but I hate being up on him because yeah. he will always be renowned as one of the Chiefs heroes from the 2019 run. And I was happy for him to get that play, but I was also happy at the lack of involvement that he had on Sunday night. Yes, you can look at the snap count and say, oh, look, he played 47% of the snaps. But a lot of them were in garbage time when the Chiefs already won, had already won the game and they took out Matthew, they took out Thornhill and they put Watts, Lamons and um, Dan Sorensen in and they were the, the free safeties in the game mainly. Yes, you can say Dan Sorensen played snaps early in the game and that's where he got his interception, but that's not where the secondary was basing itself. The secondary was basing itself with Richard Fenton, Thornhill, Matthew, uh, Sneed and Traverius Ward and those five in particular had a phenomenal game. Before we head to the break, I just wanted to bring up the fact that this O-line is, um, it's starting to really gel now. And I wanted to actually call out and give a shout out to Wiley. Hmm. Playing at right tackle. It's, I mean, going up against Crosby, I mean, that man's a beast. He's an animal, that guy. And and to have Wiley up against him. And yes, he, he had some help as well from Kelsey. There was a good play actually that I saw where um, Kelsey looked like, as though he was, you know, he was um, blocking literally on the right, on the right hand side, and then he kind of slipped past Crosby, and then he was he was an open receiver then, wasn't yeah, he? Yeah, yeah. Uh, where Mahomes actually just dinked it over the top of Crosby, and it just seemed as though the, the Chiefs almost schemed for these two massive defensive ends on, on the other side. Um, they just had them in their pocket all night. Yeah, for sure. Did you know that um, Andrew Wiley and Max Crosby went to college together? Like um, no. they, they should have brought it up once or twice. Do you know that um, no. Max Crosby spells Max with two X's? Did you know that Max double X? Like, really? Yeah. No. They were milking the uh, Andrew Wiley and uh, Max Crosby in college conversation, weren't they? <laughs> wow. <laughs> like, Max is that, with two X's. was that the only angle that they could go with for this entire game? <laughs> that was their fluff piece, was it? Like, they must have brought that up about ten times. But the no. only thing on the notes. <laughs> Maybe, yeah. but no um you're right they what they done to Crosby and Ngokwe was phenomenal this offensive line like yeah. the tackles have taken a lot of heat from this offensive line because the interior has been so good and they the, the three guys in the middle have been incredible the, the tackles have almost been made to look bad because they haven't played up to the standards of the other three but in reality, they've actually been quite good. Orlando Brown's been quite good. Whoever's been on the right outside of a couple of weeks for Niang have been quite good. And Andrew Wiley stepped in and he didn't look like the same player that played in the Super Bowl. He looked yeah. like a far more capable player on Sunday than he did. Obviously, it helps when he knows that he has an absolute stud inside of him in Trey Smith. But one-on-one against Max Crosby, when he had the help from Travis Kelsey, he looked more than up to the task. Well, I think it, they got three pressures, was it, on Patrick like Mahomes that. at all games? And this is a def- defensive line that got more pressures than any other team in the NFL so far. We talked about it last week, Max Crosby and Ngokwe, both in the top 10 in terms of quarterback hurries. Like the, the Chiefs offensive line have been good all year, but on Sunday, they just looked 
like a unit that was in sync with each other and in sync with their quarterback. And the results were just simply outstanding. Yeah. And uh, Creed Humphrey and his pancake. <laughs> yeah. Did you see that? That was phenomenal. I mean, they, he knocked the guy another 10 yards. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I love the... Um... I loved it when he got the fake or got the uh, neutral zone infraction, the offside penalty, and he got a little tap on the head and he just rocked backwards. Like it was, uh, he looked like a Power Ranger baddie. Like, no, like the Megazord when he used to fall over. Yeah. <laughs> like the really bad, <laughs> bad toy just fall backwards. It was stiff as anything. That's what Andrew Wiley looked like when he was falling backwards. It was phenomenal. <laughs> really, really well done. <laughs> Worthy of being on a soccer field, shall we say? Kind of agree. <laughs> I with just you said no. soccer, and I hate myself so much for soccer. it. Soccer, yeah, like, it's I'm football, sorry. mate. Football, it's football. But <laughs> you, you've got to say it for a, kind of like an American show, really, haven't you? <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it is Thanksgiving right. next week. You know, come on. <laughs> well, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. yeah. We'll we'll give them that one, shall we? Right. We'll uh, we'll take a quick break, and when we come back, we'll be doing the Arrowhead Pride Power Rankings. We'll be looking ahead at the Week 11 matchup against the Cowboys. Vacations can be tricky. You already know how to book flights and hotels, but now the only thing you're missing is, you know, the actual travel experience. Because is it really a vacation if you're just sitting around like you would at home? You need a tool to get the most out of your time away. That's where Viator steps in. You can book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who already been on the experiences you're considering, so you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Hi there, and welcome back to the Great British Chiefs show with your boys from the kingdom, Brad and Tom. We're going to be looking at the Arrowhead Pride Power Rankings, as we always do on the show. And Tom, where are the Chiefs this week after that phenomenal victory against the Raiders? You ready for it? Are we in the f- top five yet? No, not quite. We're back in the top ten. We're back. Yes. There. We're up to I'll eighth. We're up to eighth. So there's only uh, two AFC teams ahead of us now, and that's the Buffalo Bills and the t- uh, Tennessee Titans, who are uh, third and fifth. But outside of that, they're making their climb. They're making their stride back towards the top. They win on Sunday against the Cowboys. I can guarantee they'll be a top five team once again. Fair one, fair one. Um, so who's first? The Green Bay Packers. Everyone's buying really? into that. Yeah, they, the, the league's bad at the moment. I think that's <laughs> widely accepted that 
the league is pretty bad. Um, even Andy Reid's talked about the parity at the moment in the league is unlike anything we've ever seen. And I think that's fair. Whether you can say there's a lot of good teams or just a lot of mediocre teams, I think is probably um, a fair question. And the Packers are one of the teams that look more complete than everyone else. Like I know they lost to the Chiefs, but to hold Russell Wilson and those receivers to no points at home is no easy task, even if Russell Wilson is just coming off an injury. Yes, the offense doesn't look exactly potent at the moment but overall I think it's fair to say that they are the most complete team and outside outside of week one they don't really have a bad loss on their schedule they've been pretty good now for the best part of seven eight weeks and are probably worthy of the number one spot who's the biggest mover at the moment biggest mover the Raiders fell a lot <laughs> the Raiders <laughs> fell a lot after we battered them I bet they um, plummeted after that game they, they dropped from 10th to 18th so that's a, wow. that's a big old fall for them and then the Carolina yeah. Panthers with my man Cam uh, they've gone up from 24th to 19th I'm, I'm really happy to see Cam back uh, and I know he Cam was happy fan, to be back I'm a, I'm yeah. a huge Cam Newton fan and um, I've talked about it on this show not even on our old ventures I've talked about it on this particular show how much <laughs> of a Cam fan I am and to see him back in that uniform scoring rushing touchdowns for that team it just made me happy for me it was one of the highlights of Sunday if not the highlight of Sunday outside of Daryl Williams Moss and Jonathan Abram um, so yeah I, I'm excited to see what the Panthers can do because they're a pretty loaded roster they've got some really good players and that defense defense is particularly good now let's see what cam can do now that he's back and hopefully firing with the starting job they can move on from sam donald because that was a waste of time and um just roll with cam for the rest of the year and see what they can get out of him because on their day i think they're going to be a pretty good side and finally who is oh forget it it's the lions isn't it <laughs> yes it's the lions <laughs> <laughs> The Detroit Lions planning to be the first 0-16 and one team in NFL history. <laughs> wow. Oh, he tied, didn't he? They did. They did. They did tie, yeah. Wow. Well, okay. Uh, right. By the way, how, how does Nigel Harris know that teams can tie? I knew you were going to bring that up. <laughs> how? <laughs> Not just like, come on. Like that's ridiculous. How just how do you not know that? Like I know Americans in general are allergic to draws and ties. Yeah, I, know, like I know it's not the way it is. You're, you're an all or nothing kind of country. And I, and I, I understand that. I, I get it. But in the NFL, there is the possibility of a tie. And over the last few years, last six or seven years, we've probably seen more ties than we have done. That, that This might be wrong, but in my opinion, it seems like in the last six or seven years, we've seen more ties than we did in the six or seven years before that. It just mm. seems to become, it's become more of a regular occurrence. So how don't you know that? How How is that not being talked about on the sideline during overtime? How can you come out in a press conference and go, oh, I didn't know you could tie a game. I thought we were going to have another quarter. I get it in college. There aren't any ties in college. They just keep playing and keep playing. Well, I think they keep playing. There might be ties in college football, but I don't know anything about college football, so it's fine. <laughs> um, but You've got an excuse, man. Play, how don't you know? that a draw is on the cards to me that's just that's just crazy and like but like i if i'm the Steelers now i i sit them in a room all the players and right and say right what stupid things do you think are true or aren't true that do we need to clarify right now like what do we need to go through and then let them put their hands up and see what they said and then they can just go through that so no one doesn't make any mistakes yes if a kicker kicks a ball out of out of bounds from kickoff 
straight out of bounds, it's a 40-yard penalty. That is the penalty that you get. Like, if you yeah. hold a face mask, that's a that's a penalty. Like, just go through the entire rule book because I just I, I do not understand how an NFL player can get to a game and not realize they can draw. It's just it's just if I'm a Steelers fan, I just I'm going crazy over that. I just don't get it. I'm I'm waiting for that one player to say, why is it called football? We don't kick it. (laughs) (laughs) It's like no Americans ever thought that. Hang on a minute. Yeah. Hang on a minute. Why is it called a football? (laughs) (laughs) That's another, that's a whole new show that may, we'll have to get, we'll we'll address that in another show. (laughs) 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 All right. Let's talk about, the Week 11 matchup. Obviously, the Chiefs are welcoming the Cowboys to Arrowhead in their Week 11 game. And as always, Tom and I get the first look right here on the Great British Chiefs show, which is brilliant. Very honoured for that. So, the Cowboys. I was actually poo-pooing the Cowboys quite a while ago. Well, not quite a while ago. Yes, I will say quite a while ago, because after I watched uh, Hard Knocks about the Cowboys, I was thinking, these these guys are, these, these guys are chumps. These, these guys aren't going to do anything this year. And they were one of my uh, kind of... Um, one of my ones that would be um, probably going, you know, the worst record in the NFL this year. And I completely got that wrong. My take was awful on this. Um, And when I saw them a couple of weeks back and they lost to the the Broncos, didn't they? Yeah, lost to Denver. And I thought, there we go. This this is where it's, you know, we saw a bit of it, um, I think, was it last year or the year before that with the Browns when they had a bit of a good start and then they started falling off a little bit? Um, I thought this was going to happen with the Cowboys, um, but they seem to have picked it up again and they actually steamrolled it over the Falcons in the last game. They did. I think they were a great side. I, I am. You do, yeah. And you've I, been on I'm, this, haven't you? Yeah. I, I'm a. I I'll admit I I love watching the Cowboys. There's something about the Cowboys, oh, just the team in general. Like I. <laughs> Like everyone hates the showmanship of it and like this like big pageantry around the Cowboys and like look at me, this America's game thing, this entitlement. I quite enjoy it. I'm not gonna lie. I I I out of all the like the hateable teams in the NFL, and there are a few hateable teams that are collectively hated by the community, the Cowboys just aren't one of them. And I don't know if it's with my because of my love affair with Tony Romo that's the reason for it. Probably. Yeah. I do I just enjoy what when the Cowboys are good, the NFL is better, in my opinion, because they have this bad boy reputation, this this hated team in America uh, reputation that I just I just enjoy. It's like the Patriots. The Patriots have been so good for so long now that they need to carry on being good so everyone can continue hating them. And that that's the it's the same it's a similar sort of situation with the Cowboys. Just carry on being this hated team. But anyways, I digress. This team I find are very similar to the Chiefs in terms really? of what they can produce offensively they are so loaded on the offensive side of the ball that they can go toe-to-toe with absolutely anyone Matt Ryan went into Sunday in electric form was playing really well the last month or so well worthy of all the praise that he was getting and the Cowboys just blew that team away offensively defensively special teams 
they just dominated them. That game was over by half time. Yes, you can point to the week before when they lost to the Broncos and actually got battered by the Broncos. Let's be honest, they were 30 0 down and the Cowboys scored two garbage time touchdowns to make that look like a respectable score. Let's just put that down to a slump. Let's put that down to a bad week. I'm not being funny. We sit here and support a team that has just had a bad few weeks. Do we sit here and say, oh, the Chiefs are a, a really, really bad team? No, they were in a slump. That's all it was. And the Cowboys had a bad week against the Broncos. It happens. What we saw on Sunday is the real Cowboys. And that team is absolutely loaded everywhere. And when I sit here, and I pointed this game out two months ago as the as the game of the season, a potential game of the, game of the season. And in my opinion, I put it in the rankings yesterday, this has the potential on Sunday to be an all-timer, like Chiefs versus Rams in, in LA a couple of years ago. It's got the potential to be an offensive delight on Sunday, and I just cannot wait. It's one of those games where I don't really care who wins, as long as it's a great game, because I just feel like it's, it's, it's going to be one of the best games we're going to see in years. I can see what you're saying about the rosters. I mean, the roster clearly on the on the Cowboys side is like you said, very much loaded. Um, you know, C.D. Lamb seems to be coming into his own now. Yeah. Mari Cooper, he crops up now and again with some good players. They've got a decent tight end as well, um, which, you know, I can, I can almost see where, what you're seeing, kind of like a mirror image of the Chiefs and the Cowboys. Oh, but... No, no, it's not. Yeah, it's a mirror, but I, I take the Cowboys pass catchers over the Chiefs pass catchers because they have free legitimate, free legitimate, great pass catchers. The Chiefs, you can argue, have two in, Travis Kelsey and Tyreek Hill. It's a deeper roster. The Cowboys have got Gallup, Cooper, and C.D. Lamb. That trio is probably the best trio in the NFL. You can make an argument for Antonio Brown, Mike Evans, and Chris Godwin over in Tampa. But outside of that, there's not a team with more loaded receiving options than the Cowboys. Ezekiel Elliott can catch passes out the backfield. Tony Pollard can catch passes. That Prescott can move the football in the air and with his legs. This team is an offensive delight. I'm just a bit gutted that the team that's the person running that team is Mike McCarthy because we saw what Mike McCarthy done to Aaron Rodgers for years where he kind of made Aaron Rodgers not as good as he should be. And I kind of hope that Mike McCarthy isn't going to be the reason that the Cowboys offense doesn't live up to his expectations. It hasn't gone that way so far. They've done very well. They scored 43 against the Falcons. They scored 35 against the Patriots. They, they are scoring points. I just hope that they can keep it up. Maybe have a week off this Sunday, but after that go on another run because they are such a fun team to watch. Just looking on the other side of the ball with the defensive side, um, the players, again, they, they almost match up to the Chiefs again with the star-studded talent that they've got on the roster, mm-hmm. isn't it? Because, um, you know, they've got uh, Jaron Curse, who's uh, a safety, you know, one of their star safeties that they've got there playing really well at the moment. Um, and, you know, they've got uh, Michael Parsons, who I rate quite highly. I really like Michael yeah. Parsons, um, the way he's been playing. Where do, you stand on, um, where do you stand on him wearing number 11? <laughs> like, that's... It That's doesn't feel up. right. It doesn't, does it? No. No, I've I've got this issue with um, the, the change of numbers and stuff that they've been mm. they've been doing recently. That you know, allowing them to have lower numbers and that's nah, just, it doesn't sit right with me. It doesn't feel right. It's, yeah. it's the same with like that taunting, uh, you know, rule <laughs> yeah, that they yeah. brought up as well. I hate the taunting rule and I hate the number changes. Just yeah, change yeah, them back. Sure. 
The Cowboys, you wait till you watch the Cowboys on Sunday. There are single digits everywhere all over that defense. <laughs> it's just, it's just like, you honestly feel like you're watching a football slash soccer game. Like it is on a Sunday, yeah. Sunday morning. There's so many one to 11s walking around. It's just, it's, it's great. <laughs> it's crazy. But that defense is, is playing pretty well. Obviously the Chiefs have got a break with Randy Gregory. I don't know if he's been put on IR officially yet, but he's got an injury and looking like he's going to be out on Sunday. So the, the tackles have maybe got, um, an easier game of it than they did against the Raiders, but they do have some monsters on that defense that are making plays. They are turning the ball over. They are getting the the ball back for their offense. So there is a it's a tough tough game, and I do I see similarities in the overall roster. Uh, I do feel like they have better weapons in Dallas outside of obviously Kelsey and Hill, but I just just think this is going to be one of those games where coaching might matter. And I trust Andy Reid more than I do Mike McCarthy. So, should we look at the ones to watch, mate? I'll go first. Cowboys. I'm looking at Trevon Diggs. Eight interceptions in nine games so far this year, and he's taken two of those back to the house. Playmaker. Absolutely. Playmaker. <laughs> like, he reminds me a little bit of Marcus Peters in the whole of like all or nothing type of uh, cornerback. Yeah. Like, he just, I, I love watching him play. I do. And to have eight interceptions in nine games is absolutely crazy. What he's on, he's on course for 14 or 15. And like, do you know the last, the last time anyone got more than 11 interceptions or more than 10 interceptions was all the way back in 1982. Really? In 1982, the last. And that was a former Cowboys cornerback himself in Everson Wolves. So like, he's, on to break some records obviously we hope that he doesn't <laughs> add to his tally this weekend but like yeah. it just makes I, I i love watching a defense that has a playmaker like that yeah knowing same. that every time the ball goes in the air there's an there's a potential that that particular player is going to come down with it and the chiefs we haven't had that player since marcus peters like we've had some good cornerbacks and had some very good players in the secondaries, like especially like in Tyron Matthew, but we haven't had that true ball hawk, that that one defender that you know that every time they go up for the pass, whether to defend it or catch it, they're probably going to come down with it. So yeah, it must be exciting for Cowboys fans knowing that they've got that particular play on defense. Um, my my one to watch for the Cowboys, I'm going CD Lamb. Um, yeah. I, 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 the Cowboys won, didn't they? Out of that, those three receivers selected in close um, proximity in in the year they got drafted. What was it? CD Lamb, Jerry Judy, and um, obviously Henry Ruggs. The, the yeah. Cowboys won that. They they definitely yeah. won that. This 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 man is ridiculous, and it obviously helps when he's got Amari Cooper and Michael Gallup on the same team, and it obviously makes his life a little bit easier. But forty rece- seven receptions this year, seven hundred twenty six yards. Six touchdowns, averaging 15.4 yards um, a reception. Like they're all just, they're good numbers. They're not the best numbers, but they're just all good. And you just know what you're going to get out of him. You know, you're going to get a solid performance. And mm-hmm. the cornerbacks of the Chiefs have played really well recently, especially like in the case of Jerry Sneed and Rashad Fenton. But they're going to have their hands full against those three receivers on Sunday. And um, uh, if one of them can manage to lock down CD Lamb, then the Chiefs stand a really good chance of winning this game. Yeah. For the Chiefs, I've gone for the one and only Daryl Williams, who after his heroics against the Raiders, mm. um, I thought, you know what, if we have another game like that from him, um, you know, he's really going to put stamp his authority on this on this running back call room, hasn't he, really? It, it's 
refreshing to see the Chiefs using a running back in that in, in you know in the receiving element of the game mm-hmm. now. Um, and I'm really looking forward to seeing if we continue that into this next game, especially against an opponent like the Cowboys, because their defense they're no slumps. No, definitely not. And it'd be interesting to see if Clyde edwards actually makes his way back into this team this week. Um, Reed said last Friday, last Friday that he was a bit away, so they might yeah. maybe give him one more week, knowing that we've got the bye week to come after this game. That there's probably no point risking edwards mate, getting fresh back in, a, in two or three weeks' time. So, yeah, Darrell Williams, I'm, I'm up for him having a big game. And obviously him to have a big game depends on my one to watch. And my one to watch, it's... Probably, I'm. You might think it's a bit boring, but I'm going Patrick Mahomes. He, he, like, I, I want to see it again from Mahomes. I, I want to know, was it because the Raiders didn't play cover two all the time? Is that why Mahomes found more success? I want to know if it, it was just a flash in the pan performance. Will we see Mahomes go back to having some happy feet? Will we see the execution not be as clean as it was? on Sunday night. The Chiefs haven't been a great home team of re- of, of late. So what may will they produce at home? So I, I think he will be fine, Mahomes. I think he's out of it now. I do think it was a confidence thing with him. And as we talked about earlier, they've got their swagger back. Oh, oh, oh. <laughs> um, so yeah, I, I in a game which is promising to be a points fest with two very, very good quarterbacks and two very good receiving cores, I'm hoping and predicting, should we say, that Patrick Mahomes is going to be the one that comes out on top. Are you thinking it's going to be a bit of a shootout, do you think, on this game? Yeah, I think I think there's going to be lots of points scored, yeah. but I also think there's going to be a lot of big defensive plays, Yeah, which sounds contradictory, but... These offense are going to score at will almost, yeah. but it's only going to be like three or four defensive plays that are going to make the difference. And it might be a sack. It might be an interception. And when we do see these defensive plays, they're going to have be so huge and so impactful in the game that they're going to be memorable. Like the, the Aaron Donald plays on Patrick Mahomes in the 54, 51, like yeah. they're like him turning the ball over a couple of times. They were memorable plays because they mattered in the end result. And I feel like some defensive players, there's going to be a defensive player or two that's going to put their name in lights on Sunday. Cause the, the, the audience for this, t- this particular game is going to be massive. Like they're, they're every week they're saying that the Fox game of the week is breaking records in terms of numbers. This particular game in terms of viewing audience is going to be huge yeah like it's an, it's yeah. going to be an all-timer mate it's going to be an all-timer I just want yeah to be, it's going it to be, be one of the great games it could well be mate i mean uh obviously two former dallas teams yeah there we go um you know there's obviously the rivalry there as well which is uh is going to be uh that's going to be brought up a few times in the uh in the commentary isn't it you think Dallas so. Texans versus yeah. the Dallas Cowboys? It's gonna, it's gonna be brought up. We should, what we should do, we should play, we should play like drinking bingo when it comes to the commentary <laughs> and see how many times Gerhard Field is mentioned, Miles yeah. Austin, um, the Hill Mary, the Dallas Texans. Let's see, let's Lamar Hunt. Let's see how many times all these things are brought up, and we have a beer every time. Yeah, let's one yeah. of them. <laughs> Yeah, we're gonna we'll have to get a graphic up for something, won't we, for that? But uh, yeah, yeah no, drink drink responsibly, everyone as well, because <laughs> you will get drunk off that on that on, yeah. on that game for sure. <laughs> All right, then predictions, bud. What we're going with on this one? I'm saying 37, 34 Chiefs. Of course, one then. Yeah, I shoot out. I can't sit here and say it's going to be an all timer. 
and not predict both teams to score 30 points. Um, as as well as the Chiefs defense is playing and they are playing very, very well. I feel, the, feel like the Cowboys are going to get theirs. And I believe in the upturn in the uh, Chiefs offense. I do believe that the slump is well and truly over. So I'm going to say 37-34. And someone like Legere Sneed or Tyron Matthew will make the difference. Like on the final drive, the Cowboys will be driving to take the game to overtime with a field goal. And a Chiefs player, one of them is going to step up and make a play. And our head's going to go crazy. The Chiefs are going to go into the bye, seven and four. And the rest of the AFC are going to hate themselves for letting this team off the hook as easily as they did. What's it like in Tom's world? Oh, it's wonderful, mate. <laughs> it's wonderful. <laughs> you, you're just very descriptive about these predictions. Oh, wow, he's, got re- he's really thought about this. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm going to say it does happen. Then you will yeah. look at me as some form of like guru going forward. <laughs> Suddenly my follower account on Twitter just goes shooting through the roof and like, how do you know who Tom is? He gets it all right on Twitter. (laughs) And he got it right once. (laughs) They call me the Almanac. Like, what does that mean? Oh, God. Here we go. Here we go. Um, I'm going Chiefs 32, Cowboys 17. Wow. Yes. That's, you are, you are drinking that defensive Kool-Aid, aren't you? May I I'm I'm ready for this Chiefs team to kick on now and just go unbeaten for the rest of the year. Run the Tiburu. Oh, <laughs> run it all. Oh yeah, let's do it. I'm up for that. I tell you let's what, kick on. Right. If the Chiefs do what you just said on Sunday, they will be hosting the AFC Championship game once again. Yes. And I, it's strange to think that, that two weeks ago we weren't even talking yeah. like that. <laughs> if, they, if they manage to do that, they will run the Tiburu. Um, that's an old joke, an old Arrowhead Pride joke for anyone that doesn't know. They will run the table and they will host the AFC Championship game because if they can get to 13 and 4, I do not believe the Titans will get to 13 wins. I, uh, they are a good team, but I do not feel like they're going to get to 13 wins. Um, 13 wins will be enough for the number one seed in the AFC. And if they manage to beat the Cowboys so convincingly and only allow them to score 17 points on Sunday, then you might as well give the Lamar Hunt trophy to Travis <laughs> Kelsey right now. Right, you <laughs> might as well just do it right now. you got to fight for your right to party. That's yeah. what it is. Uh, right. That's all we've got time for this week. Uh, if you've enjoyed the show, please feel free to leave us a rating and review. Unfortunately, we won't be here next week due to it being Thanksgiving and no idea why us two Brits are off that week um, <laughs> because we already celebrated. So you, you would have thought that we would have been roped in to do like the night shift, wouldn't you? <laughs> <You're> like, <laughs> you lot do it. You do, do a podcast every day during Thanksgiving. Yeah, you, you know, like, oh, just make the Brits do it. Like they don't celebrate Thanksgiving. Like just, <laughs> but all of a sudden we've got Thanksgiving off and. I am grateful for that. I am thankful Thankful for for it. Thank you. (laughs) Thank you, America. (laughs) Well, uh, Tom and I I are normally here every Wednesday, but obviously we're not here next week. But uh, but remember, you can also listen to more cheese-related content here on the Arrowhead Pride Podcast Network, apart from next week. (laughs) Um, But all that's left to say here is, from one kingdom to another, we'll speak to you again soon.